From Jaguar Sports Properties and the University of South Alabama Athletics. This is the Kane Womack Show. And sends it up the hash mark to keep the tribe alive. Your comments, questions, and insights from the coach. Live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Mobile is brought to you by Alabama Power. Proud to support the South Alabama Jaguars. State Farm Insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Coca-Cola. Together tastes better. Sonny's Barbecue. Tool Expo and Construction Supplies, Konica Sausage, True Southern Flavor Since 1947, Air Specialty, Your Carrier Dealer, Turn to the Experts, the Alabama Department of Transportation, Drive Safe Alabama, China Doll and Dixie Lily Foods, Dolphins Restaurant, Elevating Your Dining Experience 424 Feet in the Heart of Mobile, Battlehouse Renaissance Hotel and Spa in Downtown Mobile, Mobile, Hacienda San Miguel and Azteca Restaurants, the IBEW Local 505, and by Coca-Cola and Coke Zero Sugar. Now, alongside Coach Kane Womack, live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Mobile, here's J.D. Byers and J.T. Crabtree. One of the best lines from the movie Blazing Saddles. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on? And you take a look at the Sunbelt Conference right now, and I was te- texting, I believe, all of you guys on Saturday night and said Texas State's about to go to number one in America and make the college football playoff because of the uh, twice-remove rule. You had uh, Appalachian State going down to Texas A&M and beating the Aggies in College Station, and it looked like Texas A&M was about to beat the number one-ranked team in America, Alabama, while Appalachian State was going and getting railed by Texas State. So, therefore, I had the Bobcats at number one in the country. Uh, we're going to talk to Coach Kane Womack and talk Jags here in just a moment. But, JT, this Sunbelt Conference is shaping up very unusual. I, I can never get a read on it, man. You know, it looked like App State was going to run away with it. Then James Madison, they're continuing to do what they've been doing. But they're that outlier because they're ineligible for postseason in the Sunbelt Conference championship game. And then we saw what Marshall did against Notre Dame. And they haven't been able to put it together. And then, of course, you're, you're thinking – Louisiana is going to still contend at the top, but they folded uh, the tents. It yeah, seems like. I mean, and Georgia Southern's not looking great. I can't, I cannot believe what happened with Georgia State and Georgia Southern this weekend. That was unbelievable. That Georgia State, I, you know, I know that they've got a good team up there, and they're coming off a win the previous week against Army. But man, that was uh, impressive what Georgia State was able to do, but equally unimpressive what Georgia Southern was not be able to was not able to pull off this weekend. But, you know, I believe those guys have played now as conference foes eight times, and Georgia State's won six. Yeah. So, you, you know, yeah. when Georgia Southern's having good teams, it doesn't always equate to them beating their rivalry. It doesn't seem to go that way. And, and that's the nature a lot of times against in-state rivalries. They're very bitter. Uh, but then, you know, you had Old Dominion almost beat yeah. both of the other Virginia schools. They took it to Virginia Tech and should have beaten Virginia. Yeah. The Cavaliers needed a late field goal. This Sun Belt really is living up to its uh, also known as AKA Namaker of the Fun Belt. So there's a lot of football left to play. Texas State's still down the road on South Alabama's schedule. That'll be fun. And we haven't even talked about Arkansas State. It looked like they. Uh, we're going to be sent off to the graveyard early, and now they're kind of getting their best football ahead of them. Yeah, you know, we knew that what we saw from Arkansas State last year and how just dismantled they kind of looked yeah. really in first year with Butch Jones, we knew that that wasn't always going to be the case. It, it was just a question of how long would it take for those all those new guys to, to gel and get for that culture to to take root. Um, they're, they're looking better. Obviously, you know, lost against James Madison this weekend, but – they're looking better. I don't think at all. You know, we've had Arkansas State's number the last couple of years. I don't know what it is about it. But what we saw last year where we really took it to Arkansas State at our place, I don't think we're going to see – You know, I think obviously the Jacks win, but I don't think it'll be as big of a blowout as it was last year. I think Arkansas, will be, Arkansas State will be much more competitive. Just to uh, look ahead, by the way, the uh, Sunbelt Conference, James Madison is unbeaten. Uh, they are not eligible for the Sunbelt Conference Championship, nor are they eligible for a bowl. There is some word that they may be appealing, perhaps with the help of the league, in fact, that they could potentially be bowl eligible. Now, if you're one of the bowl eligible teams in the Sunbelt, you don't want to get knocked out by James Madison if they're not bowl eligible, but perhaps that could come into play if there's not enough bowl eligible teams across the entire footprint of FBS 
and they come back. And this has happened before. There's yeah. a precedent where they say, hey, James Madison, you weren't supposed to be bowl eligible. We don't have enough six and six teams you're in. Uh, but they won't be able to host. But, JT, is the way it looks, the host team of the Sunbelt Conference Championship could very well be in the West, and it could be South Alabama. Yeah, I mean, that, that battle for the belts next week on Thursday, that could determine who's going to be hosting the Sunbelt Championship game. That game's going to have a lot riding on it. And like you said, it very well could be South Alabama. How great would it be hosting oh. uh, the Sunbelt Conference Championship game Hancock-Whitney Stadium? That'd be great. So still some work to do to get there. But uh, that, that game next week with, with Troy, that uh, not only for the rivalry's sake, but has a lot of standings and uh, potential championship implications on the line too. Next two are nationally televised. South Alabama will get Troy on the 20th. Uh, that'll be the Thursday night game on ESPNU. Before that, we turn our attention to this Saturday, the ULM Warhawks, named after an aircraft, by the way, not a bird. Yep. Uh, Semi-bird. We had that. We learned that last year. It's an actual fighter plane. ULM under head coach Terry Bowden will come in two and four. They are one and two in the Sun Belt, have lost two straight. They had the early lead at Arkansas State two weekends ago, but fell to the Red Wolves 48-28 and then had Coastal Carolina at home but fell 28-21. JT, if I'm not mistaken, ULM was driving and had it inside the red zone to tie that game late. They had it inside the 15 twice Ooh. and came away with zero points both trips. I mean, they got down to the one in the third quarter. They, it was a 13-play drive. They were getting ready to punch it in and, and tie the ball game up. They turned it over on downs, couldn't get it in on fourth down. And then a similar situation, they got down to the 13, and they went for it on fourth down trying to get the touchdown and, and tie the game up. Couldn't get it done there either. They they had opportunities. Their defense was stout, very, very stout this weekend against Coastal Carolina, but just could not punch it in there and get that big touchdown. This Saturday's game, 6 o'clock kick at Hancock-Whitney Stadium on the radio network starting at 4 o'clock with our pregame radio coverage. And, again, that's nationally televised on the TV side by the NFL Network. Uh, all other things homecoming related, I think, stay on schedule but the kick and the team's arrival will be delayed to accommodate the television slide from 4 o'clock game time to a 6 o'clock at home for homecoming 2022. We'll recap a little bit more of that game against Louisiana now uh, a week ago instead of last Saturday as we get ready as well for ULM. His team, uh, Coach Kane Womack, ready to talk about the Jags week off, uh, healing up who may be back in time for the Warhawks this Saturday. That more as we continue with the Kane Womack Show at Baumhauer's Victory Grill. We're in Mobile at the Shops of Bel Air. Great locations across the state of Alabama. And Bob Baumhauer uh, delivering Alabama's first ever taste of buffalo wings. That was back in 1981. That was at the Wings and Things in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. In fact, he gave them away for the first few years to go along with everything else on the menu. So if you did the math, that's now 40 years Four concepts, 14 restaurants, likely one near you. Come see us every Monday during college football season for the Kane Womack Show here at Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Mobile, and we continue after this. Legendary food, legendary fun. Live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Mobile, Alabama, the Kane Womack Show continues. Coach Kane Womack now with us at Baumhauer's Victory Grill. Come out and say hi to him. Uh, introduce yourself during a commercial break. Uh, he'll have to get on out of here near the top of the hour, part of the Sunbelt Conference conference call, uh, which he does weekly with the league. And everybody getting ready for this Saturday's game. We're coming up on the midway point in a hurry, South Alabama getting set to host ULM. Uh, we were talking about this topsy-turvy weekend, Coach, while your team was off and Texas State downing App State. It leads us to our pivotal question here. What's your favorite line from Blazing Saddles? <laughs> no. We were talking. We were talking about uh, the line from Blazing Saddles. What a what in the wide wide world of sports is going on? It was really crazy. We quoted Blazing Saddles. Yeah, but, Mongo. Uh, right. uh, give them yeah. to Mongo. <laughs> Mongo like candy. Yes. Mongo probably likes Baumhauer's if they were around then. But uh, it, it's a, it's just an unusual look right now. And the what unfolded Saturday night was a shocker out in San Marcos. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I texted uh, uh, Jake Spavital and both him and Sean Clark are, are good buddies and. Uh, you know, obviously, <clears throat> uh, I, th I think, you know, we saw the same thing. I think that team has played really well at, at home at times and and, uh, and did a really good job. You know, they got out on them early. Um, you know, of course, the ball bounced their way and uh, early and then had, you know, they capitalized and continued to the, that momentum. And those are things that ultimately, you know, we talk about in the game of football all the time. You know, gaining and then holding momentum is a really hard thing to do, and they were able to do that on Saturday. 
backtracking to the win against Louisiana, probably a case in point where we had a lot of momentum. And Louisiana being who they are in a really good <coughs> secondary, fought back right. in front of their homecoming crowd yeah. and indeed made a game of it. But, man, that was just uh, something to behold, very admirable about the way your team dug down to get a win. Yeah, it really was. I mean, you know, you think about uh, that that's the difference in, in great teams, right? And, and, uh, and, you know, you think about where we were a year ago. Um, obviously got down early. You know, we kept the lead the entire game uh, up until they tied it there at the end. Well, I, sh I shouldn't say that the entire game, but uh, uh, we're able to regain the lead in the second half. Um, and then, you know, to, to be so locked in offensively when it was a struggle to be able to go down the field and execute in the run game, obviously on a huge third down run. And then some of those two catches were huge. And then, you know, Diego – Guajardo had been waiting on that kick for an entire year. You know, I mean, we, we, we lost 20 to 18 to those guys, and Diego had this, a very similar opportunity. And so um, I thought that was really good for us to see. We've got to play more consistent than what we did uh, on, on Saturday. Uh, and, uh, and I thought that was, you know, uh, not necessarily indicative of the team that we have played or what we have played to this point. So uh, great teams respond, and I think that's what we're looking forward to doing at home. Yeah, this is our first chance to talk to you in person since the Louisiana game. And I want to ask you, because we've seen so much social media content out there of just how excited you guys were. You know, obviously running up the tunnel and everyone's excited yeah. to get back in that locker room and celebrate. <laughs> but just how, how cool was it to see your guys' reaction of how you were able to win a game like that right. where in the past we maybe haven't come out on top in those situations? Well, I mean, we certainly haven't at their place, you know, yeah. at Louisiana. And so, you know, you think about um, – you know, the close games that we were in a year ago, right, and and being on the other side of that in, in this moment specifically. Uh, I, I thought our guys, you know, there was nobody on our sideline, I think, that did not expect to win that game. You know, two, a year ago I saw a sideline that was excited to be in those moments um, but not necessarily expecting to to accomplish, you know, the, the success needed at the end. You know, you think about playing Louisiana last year, you think about playing Coastal Carolina those types of games, whereas now I think we, you've got a group that expects to win and expects to be in those moments and, and succeed. And so that was really fun. It's really rewarding. You know, honestly, you want to have games like that, right? If you could draw it up on, on a card, you know, you would you need a game like that early that you struggle through and find a way to come out on top because the momentum of every game, regardless of what situation we're in from here on out, right, our players are going to understand Look, just keep pressing. Just keep working. Keep doing your job. And so the reward of that in that locker room is, is – uh, I wish everybody could, could oh, get to experience yeah. that. You know, I'm glad that we put some of those things out yeah. on social media because that's just – it's an incredible feeling, and, and it's something that, you know, us players, coaches, fan base alike, we want to share that together. How gratifying is it for, for you as a staff just to see the – that culture is changing here yeah. and that it's yeah. taking root. I mean, you're a year and a half into your tenure here and you're seeing some quick things here. Well, you know, it's one of the most fun things about being a head coach, right, is you have this vision in your head of what you want this program to look like. And I was fortunate enough, right, because I was here before, I had a, a more accurate maybe vision, you know, of, of what I thought this could be like in, in a short amount of time. And then all of a sudden you put coaches together, right, and you, you, you know, you start recruiting players and – you know, you start shaping uh, the guys that are already here um, and all those messaging and that stuff to see that come to fruition, right, where we are seeing some on-field success. Um, you know, that's what coaches do, right? We cast vision, but then the players have to take some ownership of it, right? Our job is to hold them accountable to the detail of accomplishing that vision. And then moments like Louisiana last Saturday – are the moments where they actualize the vision for themselves, right? When they can actualize that vision for themselves. Now I'm no longer the one saying that in practice every day, but our players are saying that for themselves, and that, that's a great feeling. Makes the team happy, too, when they go on the road. Essentially a four-hour drive, if you're a fan, to head on over to Lafayette now about two weeks ago or a week and a half ago. Our crowd really showed up in numbers, and at times – when things were yeah. happening good for the Jags, it was really loud in there. Well, we did. I mean, you know, you think about uh, I thought we did that against UCLA. I thought we did that, uh, you know, in, in force against against Louisiana. And, and those things pay off. I mean, those are, those are tangible um, assets to a football team, right, to have a crowd that shows up on the road and is going to provide energy, right? Certainly uh, what, what we expect 
uh, from from these next two games at home is going to be a pretty electric environment. You know that that's why there is something called a home field advantage. But when you ever when you're able to take some of that home field advantage on the road, right, uh, in terms of your crowd and support and a fan base that that is passionate about the game and stays invested into the game, it's it, it pays dividends. We're going to get into our first break just a tad early. When we come back, we're meandering our way here methodically to start talking about ULM and the, the game this weekend. What I wanted to talk about, if you don't mind, when we come back, now ULM having played and beaten Louisiana, kind of how this all looks and shapes up on film, having all these opponents now in common uh, as you look at it on a projector in your office. More of the Kane Womack Show from Baumhauer's Victory Grill when we come back. Tailgate special, by the way. This is perfect for game days this Saturday or in your office parties or dinner. Four pounds. Get this deal, four-pound traditional wings, your choice of a sauce, and complimentary gallon of tea. It's only $30, really, $29.99. Part of their recession concession special, tailgate special right now. Enjoy it at Baumhauer's Victory Grill. Call ahead and order. The Kane Womack Show continues after this. Legendary food. Legendary fun. Live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Mobile, Alabama, the Kane Womack Show continues. Going into the break, we told you a little bit about recession concessions. Baumhauer is here to save you a few bucks during a recession concession type uh, situation. Complimentary beverage with these affordable favorites. Really good prices on these, like a classic tailgate burger for just $7.99. And, yes, the drink comes with it. So uh, go easy on your wallet by coming to Baumhauer's Victory Grill and especially do it on Mondays for the Kane Womack Show. Let's go right into the text questions. Uh, I think we got a good one. Yeah, if you want to text in a question for Coach, 251-301-8023. Coach, our first one comes in. Uh, any update on injuries coming out of, the, out of the bye week for us? Oh, okay. Is the area code on that on that text <laughs> from Louisiana Monroe? It's, uh, it's <laughs> from Monroe, Louisiana. It's, it's 251, so hopefully Staff it's member. Um, uh, uh you know, I think uh, obviously that's one of the, the beauties of a bye week, right, is, is you're going to be in position uh, to get some guys back and get some guys healthy. And so uh, we feel like we're trending in the right direction with our team. Um, you know, we were pretty banged up there going into the Louisiana game. And I think that, you know, we'll, we'll be further along uh, than, than where we were at that point. Um, so, you know, excited to see what these guys uh, do this week. Uh, but I think we're actually in a pretty good place overall. I'm, you know, I'm not going to go over every single player, uh, but I think you know we've got a chance to to be in a healthier position uh, on the offensive line. Uh, some guys defensively that that we've been looking to get back um, that are finally starting to make that turn as well. So I think uh, I think we're we're trending in the right direction. If you want to again ask Coach a question, you can text it at two five one three zero one eight zero two three. Coach, I had one for you. Yeah. Uh, how's DJ Thomas Jones doing? Doing, uh, doing very well. Um, he l- looks good. Has a great, uh, great attitude around the building and all those things. We are having to go through some, um, you know, some of the the process that it takes to get a a, a young man back to return to play. Um, but those steps are being taken right now, and they're and so far we're getting good news uh, good. based off of those things. So it may take a little bit of time, um, but. You know, honestly, probably uh, he's he is further along, and we are further along than where we thought we would be at this point. So sure. that's really encouraging. Dolphins had him on the one and two deep this next weekend. Is that too soon? <laughs> Man, that, I'm not happy about what the Dolphins did. That's a sidebar, Coach. What did ULM do correctly now that you've seen film to beat Louisiana, uh, the in-state rival? I know that's a rivalry game that can go a ton of different ways, but the Warhawks getting the best of the Cajuns. Yeah, I'm sorry. The, the question was, what did what they do right? What did uh, they do yeah. uh, against Louisiana? To yeah, not be the favorite going in. <clears throat> you know, I thought um, I thought they they did a really good job of being committed to their run game, um, and it opened some things up in the passing game. Um, uh, you know, for for Louisiana Monroe, um, and then you know, honestly, I think they capitalized well on some of the mistakes that Louisiana made. You know, there were a number of fumbles and and uh and takeaways that you know that louisiana monroe was able to create and then they capitalized on those situations as well had some really big third down conversions Uh, you know i think when you look at louisiana monroe's quarterback um an experienced guy that has been around for quite a while but he can extend plays with his feet um and so you know you got to do a great job of getting off the field on third down uh, you know, Louisiana's defense was not able to do that, and they were able to sustain some some really critical drives 
uh, at key moments in the game. It took them a while to do that, and that's hard to do, right, when Louisiana Monroe was kind of struggling a little bit offensively, and then at the end were able to kind of push push that, that one out and, and, uh, and, and made some big plays when it mattered most. That was actually the last win for you, uh, Louisiana Monroe. It came over UL back on the 24th last month, 21-17. Got ULM to two and two on the time uh, at the time and one and zero in the conference. Since have lost two straight. What do you see from the last losses? Arkansas State and then Coastal Carolina Saturday night. Well, you know when when you look at it, I think uh, I think both uh, both teams offensively. I think Arkansas State has really improved from where they were uh, a year ago. I think obviously Coastal Carolina presents a ton of challenges um, in in terms of of their quarterback and what Grayson McCall was able to do. You know, they the, Louisiana Monroe did some really good things um, on first and second down to get them to a number of third and longs, and then they couldn't get off the field uh, at times, particularly early in the game. Both teams really scored drive after drive in the first half. You know, the score was, I think, 28-21 at halftime, if I remember correctly, or just after half. Um, and then, obviously, you know, both teams were shut down in the second half. So I think the defense has made good adjustments. Um, but, but ultimately, you know, uh, I, I thought, you know, you look at what, uh, what Coastal's defense was able to do in the second half. And then offensively, they did not score, but Coastal had some really critical drives to hold and chew up some clock and time uh, that really was the difference in the outcome of the game. You talked there a little bit about ULM's quarterback, Chandler Rogers, and you know, we yeah. saw him last year, and he gave us some fits at mm -hmm. times. But at one point against Coastal, he was 21 for 22 passing and finished 27 for 30. Yeah. I mean, he's clearly doing something right on a consistent High, basis. Highly efficient, you know, and really doing some good things uh, in, in terms of their passing game. And they, they do a really good job of getting them into the look, getting into the looks that they want to be in based off of what you're doing defensively. And so we got to be ready for that. Um, I, I think, you know, you, you look at what they've done a little bit different um, offensively than, than what they have shown or, you know, what they did this past year. I thought, you know, they had a really good plan of getting in some 10 personnel pictures, really stretching the field out against us, making us play laterally in terms of their spacing, uh, but then hit his, hitting us on some vertical seam balls. And to be honest with you, we, we did not do a good enough job adjusting schematically both coaches and players uh, all, during that game. And I thought their, their quarterback really did a great job of taking advantage of that, um, you know, there's some things in the offseason, obviously, when you have a game like that, that we are very committed to what our answers are going to be moving forward. We, we've gotten to show some of those things already, um, and we'll continue to do it if need be. Uh, but but I think you, you look at Chandler, and he, he has really um, – he just continued to mature as a quarterback. You know, he's seeing the field. He's reading defenses. That's the advantage of having quarterbacks that are in this league year after year, um, and, and you're certainly seeing the, the fruit of that from him. Coach, we'll end the segment with a uh, weather forecast. The 10-day just brought it up. A high Saturday, 82 degrees. Sunshine galore. Uh, high 50s by fourth quarter. So it'll actually be feeling like October football weather by the yeah. end of the game. And the best part, I underlined it, no chance of rain. I know. That's been really exciting. You know, you think sure. about a year ago, right, we really had some, <laughs> some difficult challenges in terms of the weather. Um, and, and really the, the total opposite, right, this, this year. It's been, uh, been really great weather and, and uh, looking like more and more of it. I, I bought Tommy Hicks some rain pants this year because of what happened last year. He hasn't <laughs> even taken them out of the plastic yet. Yeah, that's awesome. That's Wednesday, great. we may actually get rain on the Gulf Coast. Uh, need it, too. That turf at Hancock Whitney's looking brown. It's, <laughs> it's artificial. I certainly hope not. Yeah, it's artificial. Uh, but, no, uh, we need some rain down here. But it's looking really good Friday and Saturday. I mentioned Friday because it has, after all, homecoming for the Jags 2022. Second half hour of the Kane Womack Show when we return to Baumhauer's Victory Grill. Legendary food. Legendary fun. Live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Mobile, Alabama, the Kane Womack Show continues. South Alabama turning their attention to the Warhawks of ULM, and South Alabama entering the game uh, ready to run their conference record to 2-0. An off week. Coach, you're a fan, not a fan of off weeks. I know injuries, it's always good news, but you kind of like to keep that momentum. A basketball yeah. team hates to go that long without playing. Right. No, I'm sure. Yeah. I, you know, I think um, – I think bye weeks can be very useful, right? And and given the you know the the where our team was, we played so physical for five games, um, and uh, and really you know played a little banged up in that last one. 
in particular that, that this bye week probably came at a very good time. However, right, you know, there's the, you know, the old adage of knocking the rust off and all that. And I told our guys, listen, we're, we, you know, we are not going to worry about that. We are going to go out there and play to the level and standard that we're capable of. Um, and that should be very sharp. That should be very fast. Bye weeks um, are, are a, you know, recovery, right, is a great resource. It's a great opportunity but that's all it is, is an opportunity. What you do with that recovery, right, and, and the week of, of preparation afterwards and then execution on game day is the real opportunity there. And so that's what our players have to think about it as, as that, right? You know, recovery is only a good thing if you take advantage of it. Our uh, deputy AD, Dr. Daniel McCarthy, actually this morning told us that he was just anxious all Saturday because we weren't playing. It's like, I'd rather just be doing something. I'm <laughs> waiting for us to be do- – I mean, yeah. how, how do you guys, the coaching staff, handle just – not having a game. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, 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 I like, I'm a fan of the game of football too, right? And it's the one thing I don't get to do on Saturdays is just to sit and enjoy with, with family and friends the game. So, you know, one time a year, you know, on a bye week, yep. I get to do that. Um, and so, I, you know, I take advantage of it. I, you know, we, we, we lock in. I think this team has really been, been good at that. When, when, when it's time to lock in, we have been very locked in. We've been very detailed, very consistent. When it's time to, to ease off a little bit, right, our guys are doing a good job of that too and, and taking care. We didn't have any issues over the weekend. Uh, you know, it was fall break, and that's rare that that falls on your bye week yeah. as well. So that was great to be able to give them off. From We practiced Thursday morning, gave them off Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, I saw, you know, I, I come in here right after a, 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 our jog through on Monday, jog through, we work out, and then we go out on the field and jog through and all that stuff. I saw a very – uh, energetic team uh, from from our guys today. So a, a tremendous start to the week. Uh, so I think we're trending in the right direction there. Coach, with a four and one start to the season, one and zero in the conference, everything trending looking really good. Uh, with the near upset of UCLA as well. Does anybody? And this is just kind of a personal question, a tad off topic. Uh, scheduling football games. Does it kind of ever? raise the eyebrow or does somebody ever reach out to you personally does it ever come up between coaches like hey we should hook up and play a game or do people go the vice versa and like yeah that's not going to happen yeah you know um when it comes to scheduling right those are things that administratively you you got to do um you know pretty pretty far out in advance right years in advance and so some of those conversations are you know that i'm involved with are things that we're going to see in 2028 and 29 and 30 um but uh, you know, at the same time, right, it, we, we have a formula of how we go about scheduling, um, you know, uh, non-conference games in particular. And I think the formula is good. I think we're in a good position, you know, and we have opportunities uh, to go win those, you know, those power five games. And I think we've got to continue to do that to be, you know, at the elite level that we want to compete at. Uh, but then also you have some really, uh, you know, solid uh, group of, of five uh, non-conference matchups, you know, you see some teams from the MAC, you see some teams from the American that are coming up over the next few years. Um, and these are really good regional matchups, particularly in the American League um, that, that we've got coming. Um, and, uh, and I think that's good. I think that's good for our fan base. I think it's good uh, for our regional recruiting footprints. Um, and, uh, and certainly, uh, you know, just scheduling in general, that, that plays in, into a lot of, of teams being successful. You know, you see some teams, right, and they have these very daunting schedules, um, you know, power five game oh, yeah. after power five game. And, uh, and, and obviously we're in a position that, uh, that we maximize our opportunities, and I think we're doing it the right way. Yeah, some have to play a pair because of budget. Right, ULM's sure. probably yeah. a good example. Uh, I would assume, though, if folks are reaching out or wanting to schedule a game, nobody from the Pac-12 is probably lighting up our phone or answering <laughs> machine know. right about now. That was, that was mentioned certainly after the game. They, you know, I think <laughs> UCLA said they went to check their schedule and made sure we're not on there for quite a while. So, you know, those are good things, but uh, yep. certainly would love to have that opportunity again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk X's and O's when we come back. More of the Kane Womack Show. Again, if you'd like to text in a question, Coach standing by, I'd be glad to take it. Yep. Uh, text in 251-301-8023, and we'll read your question live. Bob Howers was rocking yesterday, and you can be a part of it every Sunday. Sunday Blitz, 11 to 6 p.m., featuring the NFL Sunday ticket. You don't have to pay for it. Come watch it here. Domestic Pints start at 249 all kind of greats here, including some pitcher specials as well. That's Sunday Blitz at Baumhauer's Victory Grill. More of the Kane Womack Show when we return. 
legendary food, legendary fun. Live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Mobile, Alabama, the Kane Womack Show continues. Alongside head coach Kane Womack, and counting you down to this Saturday, it's homecoming, special time on campus, and you always want to win homecoming, right, coach? Yeah, that uh, well, that, all, would, that would uh, yes, absolutely. You know, those are those are certainly uh, uh, you know uh, great opportunities, right? Just you know, in terms of the exposure of our program, and and uh, and just you know, what's what's so cool, right? To have an on-campus stadium that we can celebrate homecoming, yes, right? And indeed. and all the things that that go along with that. Um, you know, that's a, that's a special time. That's a special moment. You're going to have a lot of alumni come back. You're going to have a lot of parents that are here, um, and uh, and I think you know it just moves the dial forward. Uh, for our program and gives us a chance to kind of rally around what has been accomplished in the past uh, and then obviously a, a look to uh, to what's ahead in the future and both those things are really something we can be proud of. JT, you can elaborate. I think you, you know as much as I do on this about the demand for tickets for not just this one because homecoming, yep. you get alumni back from around the country, but the next two, uh, we could be looking at shoulder to shoulder. It's uh, it's getting pretty packed right now. The uh, there's more gray seat, uh, grayed out seats on USAJaguars.com. Than there are uh, different options available right now. They're going quick. Uh, you know, this weekend we're expecting a good crowd with homecoming, like you're saying, with folks coming back on campus. And I think too that you know last year obviously we had homecoming with people out of the pandemic, still everyone trying to figure out how to get back on campus. Now this year everyone realizes how to get back on campus, so it should be a great crowd. But next week it is. Uh, it's shaping up to potentially be one of the largest crowds we've ever had at Hancock-Whitney Stadium, so it should be a lot of fun. Coach, yeah. when you got here, you embraced the city. You embraced the Gulf Coast, trying to build that partnership and um, that affinity for each other. Football right. program, the university with the city, and vice versa. It looks like the city is really responding. I'm seeing much more social media, yeah. uh, including like tourism, saying – experience the Jags and it's coming out of like the Chamber of Commerce or Mobile or the tourism arm. That's so cool. I mean, you know, typically when you, when you, when you um, take on an endeavor, like, like engaging a community and and building a fan base and all those things, um, especially as young of a program as we are, that that's a long-term, you know, answer. Right. And it's something that takes a lot of time to build. I think that we are further ahead than, than maybe where any of us expected to be at this point. Um, and certainly, you know, some of the things that I think we're doing, I think this community is really rallying around our, our team. I think we're, you know, that, that water cooler office talk, right? You know, a lot of those things have, have given way to Alabama and, and, and Auburn for a very long time, but the Jags are being talked about, right? And, uh, and that's really special. And then on top of it, I think we're seeing more and more of people taking those talks and wanting to experience it for themselves and also the access that we can give people in this community, right? We're always going to be able to provide people in this area great access, great tailgating, and an opportunity to go sleep in their beds at night, which we all appreciate and enjoy. So I think that is is really exciting. I think we're going to see some of the fruit of that over the next two weeks here at home. I think something that really hit home for me is, you know, I'm a mobile native. I went to South and I work here, obviously. But I was at church yesterday, and someone came up to me and asked me first, what did the Jags do this week? And then wanted to talk about other college football games, wow. not vice Very versa. Cool. Yeah. That was pretty neat. Yeah, that's really awesome. I, I, and I think, you know, that, that, that obviously on-field success helps those things, right? Uh, but, but I think, you know, there is a, there's a pride that comes from, from your sports teams, right? And knowing that you make an investment into supporting those teams and seeing them have success on the field – um, is a really rewarding feeling. And if you live in this community, you are a part of what we're doing at South Alabama. You're either contributing towards it, right, or, or, or you're missing an opportunity uh, to, to not maximize. And, and it doesn't help just South Alabama football. It doesn't just help the university. This community and our university pull the rope in the same direction. And when we do, Amen. this community is going to thrive. And, uh, and obviously, we're in a really fortunate place to be in a city, right, that we can maximize all those opportunities both on the field and in the city of Mobile and the surrounding Baldwin County. I think of everybody in Baumhauer's right now uh, will hear what I'm about to say, what we're about to talk about. But there could be people uh, hearing this for the very first time, and it's worth repeating, is your commitment to recruiting local. And that can yeah. take different uh, looks. It could be a high school kid. It could be a kid local that went to JUCO. Or it could be a kid that went to a, even a Power 5. You're bringing back home, right? right. But you're, you're getting kids that are 
have a tie to this I, area. I mean, I think, you know, obviously we want to commit to at least five players every year um, uh, that we're giving scholarships to um, from Mobile and Baldwin County. And what that does, right, is, is you know, everybody remembers – you know, what, what a young man may do at McGill Tulin High School, right, or what may somebody may do uh, at Spanish Ford or, or, or St. Paul's or, you know, uh, Baker High School, right, Williamson, all, all these areas, right, um, that, are, that are local players, right. They're going to come support their local players, and it's just going to mean something more, right. We're going to win here, but when we win – with Braylon McReynolds, right? Those yeah. those young men that have, have come up in this area and have dreamed about playing for South Alabama in their hometown, you know, NIL opportunities are always going to be better for those people. But 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 more importantly, right, when you talk about specifically the support, right, there's, there's communities, there's, um, uh, you know, churches, as you mentioned, yeah. right? There's going to be neighborhoods. There's going to be high school programs that are going to come and support our players uh, in our area, and I think that's a huge advantage um, uh, and, and recruiting tool. Well, Coach, we're, uh, we're getting ready for the homecoming matchup this weekend with ULM, and someone actually texted a question and said, how do you juggle going from 14 days before the ULM game to five game or five days <laughs> between Troy yeah. to nine days to get ready for the Arkansas State game after yeah, that. No, it's really good. Um, I, I, uh, that, that is a question, and those are things that we really have to spend time on of, of how do we maximize our opportunities in the bye week. Um, and, and candidly, you know, we, we get prepared, right, for, you know, a little bit further down the road knowing that we're coming off of a short week. So there were some things uh, versus Troy that we're going to get ready for. And, and nobody panic, right? I'm not saying that we're looking at none of those things, right? That's just being smart with the time that you're given in a bye week, making sure that if there's anything that the next two opponents do that's going to be potentially challenging for us, we want to give our guys a two-week head start at starting at seeing those things, right, and being able to adjust to those things. And so we took advantage of that over the next two opponents. And then certainly, you know, you get a chance, you know, you got nine days uh, after after a Thursday night Troy game um, that, that we'll kind of get back on our normal schedule and routine. Um, but, but I thought we did a really good job of getting some early game plans in for the next two weeks um, and, and just kind of looking at what are the things that we need to do to maximize. We also did some really good self-scout things. You know, there's some things uh, that we looked at, hey, we may be giving this away defensively versus, you know, when they get in this formation, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're doing the same thing, right? We need to make sure we're changing it up. Or offensively, we can do a little bit better in this specific run or this specific, you know, uh, drop back passing game, whatever. Those are great things to take advantage of in a bye week. Well, Coach, you got to meet with the rest of the media around the Sunbelt Conference here in a moment, so we'll uh, get one more in, then let you scurry. But let's let's get the nuts and bolts. The scout of ULM, South Alabama's homecoming opponent Saturday, they're averaging 20 a game but allowing 35. But they're only giving up 390 yards. 20 years ago, that was a ton. Not so much these days. Right. But they are allowing 247 through the year. Give us the nut uh, thumbnail of ULM. You know, I, I think you know, their defensive coordinator, uh, Vic Coning, right, was the defensive yeah. coordinator at Troy with Neil Brown and, and all those great teams that, you know, that they had a few years back. Um, I think he does some really dynamic things in terms of, of how to utilize his defensive line personnel. They slant, they move a lot, a lot. they get in and out of, of what we would call four down uh, pictures, you know, um, and, and uh, three down odd pictures and fronts and then move in and out of those things. So a lot of challenges on the front, a lot of different movements that we're going to have to pick up in the run game. But on top of that, you know, they're doing – it's year one of, 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 of uh, that defense. And, 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 uh, and so I think there's some things that they've probably given up um, and a few missed tackles away uh, from, from being a much better defense than what they have shown on paper. When you watch them on film, they play really hard. They create negative plays. And they're just a couple plays away from, from being a, a pretty uh, dynamic defense in terms of, of, you know, their overall scoring defense. And then you look at them offensively, there's very similar similarities. Uh, new offensive scheme, uh, but they are able to create some explosive plays. They also have been very efficient in the passing game, as you mentioned before, you know, being 27 of 30 last week. I mean, that's incredible. Um, and, uh, and, and they will show a commitment to the run game that opens up those things in the passing game as well. And so well, what I told our guys is we have to be able to establish a run. We cannot make them let them make us a one-dimensional offense. 
Um, and then we have to do a great job defensively of limiting their explosive plays and executing and getting off the field on third down against a very good scramble quarterback in Chandler Rogers. Late text question. It's fast. Uh, says, Coach, if, we, if you get up 42, can you call me out of the stands, let me play a series, sign Pat G. <laughs> it's Pat Greenwood, I think. I'm sure it, it is. Looks like his phone number. Unfortunately, I've, I've seen Pat trot across the field before, and he will not get <laughs> on the field. You know, He's great at what he does, but he does what he does, and we do what we do. If he devotes himself, <laughs> we'll let him hold on the extra point. Coach, thanks for your go. time. It was always fun. Oh, always. Enjoy it, guys. The Kane Womack Show. We do it Mondays at Baumhauer's Victory Grill. And, uh, man, make it a part of your lunchtime really any day of the week. Recession concessions. Whoever came up with that, uh, that's just very – very unique, clever, but they're doing it here at Baumhauer's Victory Grill because of the state of the economy right now. Uh, you can do this with your concessions, but also when you're wanting to tailgate, maybe get something to go or maybe get ready during the week. A pound of traditional wings, we told you about the four-pound deal earlier, but you can get a pound of traditional wings with your choice of sauce served with curly Q fries and get this, the beverage is complimentary. That's only nine ninety nine. Can you eat a pound of wings, JT? Uh, probably not. No, I don't think I could. No. But that's nice to know if you wanted to eat a pound of wings. Yeah, you could do it right here, Baumhauer, celebrating forty years, four concepts, and I think all of those are within the region here. You got a uh, Las Florida's Dolphins, Wing Fingers, and Baumhauer's. Yeah, uh, and you know more than one of those in the market here and across the state of Alabama. Forty years, Bob Baumhauer and his team doing great work. We'll continue with the Kane Womack Show and wrap it up for a Monday when we come back to Baumhauer's Victory Grill. Legendary food. Legendary fun. Live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Mobile, Alabama, the Kane Womack Show continues. JT, I love with the coach, his commitment to recruiting local. But I can also see him like in a room full of coaches from across America and, and them like saying to a degree, wish I could recruit. Mobile, yeah. Pensacola, and the Baldwin County area like you do just because, you know, he's committing to say, take some uh, while other coaches are in their programs would say, I'll take every senior coming out of those schools. Yeah, yeah no kidding. I mean, this is what the most the, – it's the city with the most current NFL players per capita. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the ratio is different, obviously, because of a, a little bit of a smaller sample size of Mobile versus a city like – New York or L.A. or something like that, but just per capita percentage-wise, we're obviously always producing talent down here in Mobile. I, I think it speaks volumes, and, and he you know, talked about when you, you see a Braylon McReynolds making a quick impact like that in the South Alabama backfield today, but also if there's a, a young man that's you know, a wide receiver at – I'm just throwing somebody out there, Spanish Fort. Yeah. They can know – they don't have to go off to become a Dallas Cowboy wide receiver. It can happen right there in South Alabama. Maybe even have a little bit of a better chance of getting into the Senior Bowl at a group of five playing for the Jags yeah. and not Arkansas State. We've seen some really good receivers go undrafted, unsigned, and definitely didn't get invited to the Senior Bowl. Omar Bayless, remember all those good yeah. guys the Red Wolves used to have? Uh, Albert Wilson from Georgia State. I saw he just signed with another team this past weekend. He's still floating around. He hasn't played in the Sun Belt in five years. Wow. He, he went undrafted, too. He, he made a, a nice stop with the Chiefs, with the Dolphins. I can't remember who he signed with this past weekend. But, I mean, you're right. It, it, it's right here in our backyard, and you've got opportunities to, to make some big things happen. The uh, look around the Sun Belt, we talked off the top of the show about how crazy it was this past weekend. I don't know if we did a really good job of telling you how everything is shaking out after last Saturday. JT, if you want to run down the East Division, that's the one most of the Jag fans don't have a really good – look at because it's happening over on the other side. But Coastal Carolina is out in front. Yeah, they've already punched their ticket for a bowl game. They're 6-0 and already, 3-0 and in conference play. And we talked about James Madison, their situation, and eligible for postseason. But that could potentially change maybe. It just kind of depends on the full field of NCAA postseason eligible teams. But currently ineligible for conference championship or postseason play. They're 5-0, and 3-0 and in conference play. Old Dominion's 1-0. and They're 2-3 overall. Uh, Georgia State with their big win over Georgia Southern. They're 1-1 one one now. Uh, man, App State is one and two, three and three overall in the season. That that's really surprising so far. Marshall's zero and one. They've only played uh, a tough Troy team in their lone conference game so far. And then Georgia Southern's zero and two. I mean, we we thought they had completely flipped it around with Clay Helton and what they did beating Nebraska earlier this year. It looked like they were quickly heading in the right direction, and now back-to-back uh, -back conference losses 
for Georgia Southern. So they're at the they're at the bottom of the of the East Division right now. You look up at the uh, East and you're like, well, earlier you said the Jacks could host this uh, Sun Belt Championship. Well, you take we could be cracking the top 25 or receiving votes, which would help South Alabama. But then on the East, they're going to start consuming each other when those top tier teams play yeah. each other. That'll put losses on them. So on the West, it's South Alabama overall. Uh, winning 80% of their games, two-game win streak, 4-1, and 1-0 in the conference. Troy's 2-1 in the league, 4-2, and two, have won three straight. Texas State, how about getting to 1-1 one one with a win over App State, 3-3? Three and three. And if any of the teams, East or West, are worried about James Madison possibly sniffing a bowl and being declared eligible, well, get bowl eligible because if yeah. we don't have enough, get bowl eligible. It's not going to look good for the Sun Belt, and you want to keep those five automatic bowl tie-ins. So it's the Jags, Troy, Bobcats rounding out the rest of the West, Arkansas State, ULM, our opponent Saturday, coming up on the schedule. Southern Miss, Will Hall's team, lost their last time out. They were at Troy, 2-3 and three on the year, 0-1 oh in the conference. Uh, but, you know, that one's really moving towards one of our, if it's not, obviously it's probably not rivalry 1A, maybe rivalry 1B, and yeah. maybe rivalry 1C if you consider Troy, Southern Miss, and Louisiana yeah. among the most hated by South Alabama fans. No, absolutely. And with them being, what, 90 minutes down the road, they're so close. I mean, we're competitive in every single sport with each other with football and, you know, obviously the, the baseball series going back and forth. Oh, yeah. Basketball, we always match up with them in the non-conference schedule. Um, yeah, that's, that's going to be a, a heck of a, a rivalry series moving forward. Talked to some Southern Miss fans. They said of every, everything they may lose, and it's not a lot, leaving Conference USA – Southern Miss hates that they're losing the uh, weekend series with La Tech up at the Love Shack. I think we'll yeah. make up for it by playing three instead of a single game midweek against Southern Miss. That'll wrap it up for this edition of the Kane Womack Show. We'll be back here next Monday, though, 11 to noon. For J.T. Crabtree, head coach Kane Womack, Charlie Harrison back in the studio. I'm J.D. Byers. Have a great week, everybody. Enjoy it, but be safe and go Jags. Or, or, or St. Paul's or, you know, uh, Baker High School, right, Williamson, all, all these areas, right, um, that are that are local players, right? They're going to come support their local players, and it's just going to mean something more, right? We're going to win here, but when we win with Braylon McReynolds, right? Those yeah. those young men that have have come up in this area and have dreamed about playing for South Alabama in their hometown, you know, NIL opportunities are always going to be better for those people. But 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 more importantly, right? When you talk about specifically the support, right? There's there's communities, there's um, uh, you know churches as you mentioned right there's going to be neighborhoods there's going to be high school programs that are going to come and support our players uh in our area and i think that's a huge advantage um uh, and, and recruiting tool well coach we're uh, we're getting ready for the homecoming matchup this weekend with ulm and someone actually texted a question and said how do you juggle going from 14 days before the ulm game to five games or five days <laughs> between Troy yeah. to nine days to get ready for the Arkansas State game after yeah, that. No, it's really good. Um, I, I, uh, that, that is a question, and those are things that we really have to spend time on of, of how do we maximize our opportunities in the bye week. Um, and, and candidly, you know, we, we get prepared, right, for, you know, a little bit further down the road knowing that we're coming off of a short week. So there were some things uh, versus Troy that we're going to get ready for. And, and nobody panic, right? I'm not saying that we're looking at none of those things, right? That's just being smart with the time that you're given in a bye week, making sure that if there's anything that the next two opponents do that's going to be potentially challenging for us, we want to give our guys a two-week head start at starting at seeing those things, right, and being able to adjust to those things. And so we took advantage of that over the next two opponents. And then certainly, you know, you get a chance, you know, you got nine days uh, after after a Thursday night Troy game um, that, that we'll kind of get back on our normal schedule and routine. Um, but, but I thought we did a really good job of getting some early game plans in for the next two weeks um, and, and just kind of looking at what are the things that we need to do to maximize. We also did some really good self-scout things. You know, there's some things uh, that we looked at, hey, we may be giving this away defensively versus, you know, when they get in this formation, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're doing the same thing, right? We need to make sure we're changing it up. Or offensively, we can do a little bit better in this specific run or this specific, you know, uh, drop back passing game, whatever. Those are great things to take advantage of in a bye week. Well, Coach, you got to meet with the rest of the media around the Sunbelt Conference here in a moment, so we'll uh, get one more in, then let you scurry. But let's let's get the nuts and bolts. The scout of ULM, South Alabama's homecoming opponent Saturday. They're averaging 20 a game. 
but allowing 35. But they're only giving up 390 yards. 20 years ago, that was a ton. Not so much these days. Right. But they are allowing 247 through the year. Give us the net uh, thumbnail of ULM. You know, I, I think you know, their defensive coordinator, uh, Vic Coning, right, was the defensive yeah. coordinator at Troy with Neil Brown and, and all those great teams that, you know, that they had a few years back. Um, I think he does some really dynamic things in terms of, of how to utilize his defensive line personnel. They slant, they move a, ro- a lot, they get in and out of, of what we would call four down uh, pictures, you know, um, and, and uh, three down odd pictures and fronts and then move in and out of those things. So a lot of challenges on the front, a lot of different movements that we're going to have to pick up in the run game. But on top of that, you know, they're doing – it's year one of, 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 of uh, that defense. And, 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 uh, and so I think there's some things that they've probably given up um, and a few missed tackles away uh, from, from being a much better defense than what they have shown on paper. When you watch them on film, they play really hard. They create negative plays. And they're just a couple plays away from, from being a, a pretty uh, dynamic defense in terms of, of, you know, their overall scoring defense. And then you look at them offensively, there's very similar similarities. Uh, new offensive scheme, uh, but they are able to create some explosive plays. They also have been very efficient in the passing game, as you mentioned before, you know, being 27 of 30 last week. I mean, that's incredible. Um, and, uh, and, and they will show a commitment to the run game that opens up those things in the passing game as well. And so well, what I told our guys is we have to be able to establish a run. We cannot make them let them make us a one-dimensional offense. Um, and then we have to do a great job defensively of limiting their explosive plays and executing and getting off the field on third down against a very good scramble quarterback in Chandler Rogers. Late text question. It's fast. Uh, says, Coach, if, we, if you get up 42, can you call me out of the stands, let me play a series, sign Pat G. <laughs> it's Pat Greenwood, I think. I'm sure it Looks is. like his phone number. Unfortunately, I've, I've seen Pat trot across the field before, and he will not get on the field. You know, He's great at what he does, but he does what he does, and we do what we do. If he devotes himself, we'll let him hold on the extra point. Coach, thanks for your time. It was always fun. Oh, always. Enjoy it, guys. The Kane Womack Show. We do it Mondays at Baumhauer's Victory Grill. And, uh, man, make it a part of your lunchtime really any day of the week. Recession concessions. Whoever came up with that, uh, that's just very – very unique, clever, but they're doing it here at Baumhauer's Victory Grill because of the state of the economy right now. Uh, you can do this with your concessions, but also when you're wanting to tailgate, maybe get something to go or maybe get ready during the week. A pound of traditional wings, we told you about the four-pound deal earlier, but you can get a pound of traditional wings with your choice of sauce served with curly Q fries and get this, the beverage is complimentary. That's only nine ninety nine. Can you eat a pound of wings, JT? Uh, probably not. No, I don't think I could. Yeah. But that's nice to know if you wanted to eat a pound of wings. Yeah, you could do it right here, Baumhauer, celebrating forty years, four concepts, and I think all of those are within the region here. You got a uh, Los Florida's Dolphins, Wing Fingers, and Baumhauer's. Yeah, uh, and you know more than one of those in the market here and across the state of Alabama. Forty years, Bob Baumhauer and his team doing great work. We'll continue with the Kane Womack Show and wrap it up for a Monday when we come back to Baumhauer's Victory Grill.